Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, where we remind you that such is the nature of life, that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear. You're that opportunity. So am I, and so it is. We are a center that right now has gone back to meeting strictly online, or we've gone forward to the meeting online, and we will be back in person in that wonderful um, a facility that you saw in the beginning video on January 8th. But for right now, we're online, so that's how you're seeing us. That's where you're receiving us, and we're so grateful that you've, you've joined us. This is a center that is all about recognizing the power and goodness of life as it shows up in each and every person. Therefore, we celebrate who you are and how you are and, and all of those those wonderful ways in which you describe yourself and the way in which you know yourself. And we, we see it and we honor it and we celebrate it. We celebrate life itself. We celebrate joy and love and goodness and kindness. And we aspire in our everyday living to rise above the apparent two-ness, the apparent either-or-ness of life, the us and them, the right and wrong, the both ends, into a higher vision, a higher view of one power living as love through each of us and showing up in its own particular way in every person. So we celebrate that. We enjoy it. We teach classes on how to, how to evoke that, how to, how to grow in that awareness and grow in that truth. So in that, as, as we go forward and as you see our announcements and things that come up, keep an eye on what might be here for you. For now, I'd like to share a little more about what we believe. This is our Declaration of Principles. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love and creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life and the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Those declarations of principles, those principles are part of a larger document. If you want to see all of it, it's on our website, cslmidtown.org, along with lots of other good information. So plan on taking a look there if you want to know more. We mentioned that... Uh, some of those folks on there are practitioners, some of the folks you saw on that video. And a practitioner in this teaching is someone who practices the teaching and who has been licensed to do that for themselves and others. And they, they get that license through extensive study and also through demonstration that they know what they're doing and how to do it. So today we have a wonderful practitioner with us, Maya Fuller, and we will invite her to take it away. Good morning, Dr. Bob. Thank you so much for uh, in, introducing me. And greetings, friends. Once again, I'd like to welcome you all here to CSL Midtown Atlanta. 
where our monthly theme for November has been home. We have been exploring the concept of the archetypal hero's journey as it pertains to our own lives, where we are the hero of our own story. Author Joseph Campbell studied myths. He has illuminated for us the pattern that nearly all mythical heroes' adventures are almost identical in their format. The different stages of adventure he identified have come to be known as the hero's journey. As I've been reflecting upon the weekly presentations this month, I've been thinking about where I am within the, within the following stages that I'm going to outline for you. And I imagine that most of you have been doing the same, but if you haven't, I invite you to join us in exploring yourself as hero today. So stage one of the hero's journey, we're going to say, I'm just going to break it down into three main stages. And in stage one of the hero's journey, we're going to call that the departure or Campbell calls it departure. During this stage, the hero is preparing for his quest, physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Because our background sets the stage for the quest we set out on. So whether this search be for freedom, or enlightenment, or fun, or peace, our background sets that stage. For me, I wanted to experience a life of adventure by living in different countries and traveling the world extensively. And I was able to do that when I lived in the Middle East for uh, seven years before the pandemic began. I, I definitely truly say that I was living a dream come true as I roamed the earth, immersing myself in the wonder of other cultures. So that was my stage one take a look at maybe what, what set the background for your stage one, stage one for your departure onto your hero's journey. Stage two is called initiation. In this stage, the hero crosses the first threshold and then that stage ends when the hero uh, begins his road back, back home, which is the theme of our month. In my personal story, at some point along the way in my travels, I realized that being in a new or different or more exotic location didn't make me happier. It didn't make me feel more free. It didn't make me more healed. They say that wherever you go, there you are. Wherever I go, I take my feelings, my thoughts, my attitudes and dispositions with me. As science of mind teacher, as science of mind students, um, we know that life shows up as however wonderful or however not wonderful it might be based off of our, our predominant feelings, images, thoughts, and beliefs. And I, I also realize that how much my predominant feelings, images, thoughts, and beliefs are, as this teaching tells us, based on my own very own self-concept. So I've done lots of shadow work to really begin to see the good and even the aspects of myself that I've judged critically. And if I, because if I can see the good in myself, I can more see it, easily see the good in others and in just life in general. Stage three is called the return. In this stage of the hero's journey, uh, the hero begins his, the road back, his or her road back 
and it continues throughout the end of the story. So in my return stage, I've come to see and appreciate the comforts of home right here in the good old U.S. of A. The pandemic locked me down here, and uh, I was so grateful uh, to be here as opposed to any place in the world because there's no place like home. So this is the, the phase of the hero's journey that Dr. Bob is going to be exploring today. The final stage, the return stage. And as this is the, a spiritual organization, Centers for Spiritual Living, and that this organization is based off on the oneness of all life, we can imagine that at the end, the story is going to take us even deeper than just um, my story took me into you know, like knowing, like appreciating myself and appreciating the physical home in the United States. Because my concept of the world, according to uh, this teaching, is based off of my understanding and my concept of God. So that is what I'm doing here with you right now, uh, fellow members and friends of CSO Midtown. I'm listening to Sunday talks along with you. I'm taking classes. I'm doing spiritual work that's going to teach me more about who I am as a spiritual being. As I get to know and love the good that God is, the good that I am, the good that all is, the more fulfilling my life here on earth is going to be. And it turns out I didn't need to leave the country and travel all, the, all around the world to find my dream home. My dream home is God in me, God in me, through me, and as me. And your dream home is God in you, God in you, God through you, and God as you. So as I close out my section, I am going to read uh, from you a treatment that was written by Ernest Holmes in the 365 Days of Richer Living. You can find that on um, the reading for November 21st. So in this treatment, we're talking about our oneness with God and really getting to know the, the aspects of God and how that empowers us to, to live out the rest of our hero's journey. So let's just take the time right now to settle ourselves into this right here mo moment. As we affirm and recognize and know the all-intelligent creative, creative presence that is the source of all that we are. And I'm going to read in first person as Ernest Holmes read this, so I invite you to receive this for yourself in first person. I believe in the ability and the willingness of this great source to sustain its own creation. The kingdom and the power and the glory of God expresses through me. I recognize to be myself a center through which the intelligence and power of the universe find its expression. Infinite mind operating through me now brings me to the manifestation of harmony, order, and the highest good. The consciousness of peace and plenty is established within me. All that is necessary to my happiness and well-being now comes into my experience. Turning my mind to the, to the divine, I seek to draw into my own soul the essence of everything that is good, true, and beautiful. I seek to draw into my own mind the realization of the divine presence and the power of good until my whole being responds. 
I am sustained and healed by a divine stream of spirit energy, which flows through me as a radiant health and vitality. Every fiber of my being responds to this spiritual flow. I stand revealed as the perfect child of the perfect mother, father, God. Strength and courage are my divine birthright, and I am now expressing my true self. All that the father, the mother hath is mine. I draw from the spiritual treasure house all that I need, and all that I need is right here in my spiritual home. God in me, through me, as me. And I give thanks for this, and I let it be. And so it is. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Maya. Oh, my goodness. You just gave me the story to illustrate completely what I'm going to talk about today. So that's great. Thank you so much. We don't plan all these things out in detail, and yet I trust Infinite Mind to guide us all in the right direction, and it seems to happen every week. If you are looking for some additional support or help over the holidays as we're going into this home time, I would encourage you to uh, reach out to, to Maya or one of our other uh, wonderful practitioners to provide support, prayer support, as some would call it, affirmative prayer support, spiritual mind treatment support, lots of names for it. But we have a number of people who are designated as practitioners. You can find them on our website. And perhaps one or another of those will, will feel like a, the right kind of connection for you to have some conversations and to ask for help, if help is what you're looking for. Safe home. Welcome to your dream home. It's the title of today. And uh, it reminded me immediately of a, of a time back in the early 80s, actually about 1981, when uh, my, or it was even before that, it was 1980. My partner at the time and I uh, had just been together a while and we had we were living together and we were thinking about where do we want to live and what would be our, our dream home. And we sat down and made a list. <coughs> we talked about indoor and outdoor living. We talked about being in the woods and yet in the city, close enough to get to all of the exciting things that were going on in Atlanta at that time. And to to uh, ha have a space that had plenty of room for my daughter, had plenty of room for us around the house being in the woods and, and, and yet protected and quiet. We imagined a fence around it that would be privacy. We imagined a, a woods of, a, of at least an acre or more. And, and we forgot about it. We just wrote it all down and thought about it and put it away. And about, about a year later, we had moved into another place that did not match that description. And we hadn't thought about it again. And we met some people there, some a couple, and they said, oh, we're building a house over here, and there's a house next to where we're building. Would you like to come look at it with us? Because you would make great neighbors. So we thought, okay, why not? So we went and looked. I'm making this way too long. The short version is we looked at the, at the house, and it was, oh, my God, it was a match. All I knew at the moment, and all either of us really remembered, was that whatever it was about this house, it was perfect. So we put a bid in on it without ever looking inside. We didn't know. We didn't look at what it looked like. We didn't know what the interior was. We just knew it was a spectacular example of exactly what we wanted. And then we uh, we put the bid in. The realtors came back and said, you know, somebody else has got ahead of you, so we'll put you on the list. 
we went on with the house we were in. We were in a, in a, an opportunity to uh, lease purchase. We came up eight months later, nine months later, and we were ready to do the lease purchase. And literally three days before we were to sign papers, the um, I got a call from the realtors that said, that house is available. It all fell through. We've been working on this for months and it all fell through. Are you still interested? And we were like, yes, in a moment, in a heartbeat, for sure. And we canceled our sale, our purchase, rather, of the other house and bought this one. And as I was unpacking, I pulled out the page uh, or pulled out the notebook that I had taken notes in about our conversation. And I opened and looked at it and went, oh, my God. The house we moved into matched everything on our list. No wonder our hearts jumped when we saw it. No wonder we were so excited about it. And and we lived there for quite a long time until it didn't match anymore. And then we moved on. So you're finding your dream home can be about the physical manifestation of something you're looking for. It all starts in consciousness. It all starts in the imagination. And that was even before I was in Science of Mind. So I kind of knew that, but I didn't have the specific tools for that sort of expression. And yet our hearts were there. Our our anticipation was there. Our expectation that we could have that or or close to it. and, And it showed up. That's one level. That's one part of the whole coming home process. We had both been wandering a lot and then had come home to each other and come home to that place. And it was wonderful and it was beautiful. So your dream home may be a place, it may be a building, it may be a particular thing. And if you if you were looking to manifest that, then I encourage you to make that kind of list. List what you want to feel in every room. What kind of colors? How much indoor, outdoor? What kind of space around it? What kind of resources? How would you feel in every room of the house if it were your dream home? And if that were your, your dream? You know? I heard, I heard a definition years ago when I was working as a therapist that home is a place where you are loved and known. Not just loved, but also really known and understood. And in, with all of our foibles and all of our wonderful traits and maybe less than wonderful traits that we are known and that we are loved. Because if you think about it, that's the place where you can relax. That's a place where you can feel connected. That's a place where it feels like perhaps home. Some years before, earlier than that 1980s home demonstration, I went off to high from to college right after my junior year of high school. I'm telling all these stories to illustrate these points, not because I, I want you to know my, my life story particularly, but I went off to, to college right after high school. I went into an early admissions program and I spent the, the first semester of my freshman year in, in college. And then lo and behold, the uh, administration back in my high school town said, oh no, you need to finish your senior year. So much to my chagrin, I had to go back home. And I went back home to finish my senior year. I went from living on my own, making my own decisions, deciding what my schedule would be, getting all of my work done, being successful, very successful in college. And then back to home where I had 
rigid rules and restrictions. My room was half the size of a dorm room. My, my space was restricted and constricted and I really believed, I kept hearing it. And that was the sixties. You were hearing it everywhere. You can't go home again. You can't go home again. You can't go home again. And you know, that has been true in many ways. When you think about your external world, if you go back to where you've lived before, back to places that seem to be home, they may not be home to you anymore. They may not feel like it at all. But there's another level, as, as Maya so beautifully pointed out, there's another level of home that is about the consciousness piece. What we established in consciousness before we manifested our particular house at that time. See, and that spiritual home is what really brings us back. And that this whole idea of the hero's journey is about coming back to that home and knowing within us what that home really is. It's like, um, it's, it's like being in this, well, Ernest Holmes says that it's a state of mind, that home is a state of mind, not a place. He also says that your thought is infinite, your destiny is eternal, and your home is everlasting heaven. Wow. I, and it, back in my earlier years in a whole different religious system, I, I used to sing a lot, this, this heaven's not my home, I'm just passing through. If heaven's not for me, then what will I do? Well, what I didn't know then and what I now know is heaven is my home. It is your home. And it's not a place. It's a state of mind. It's a consciousness. It's a state of consciousness in which this idea of oneness becomes so real and so full and so present that all stress goes away, all discord and breaking between good and bad and right and wrong. In the old language, we call that the kingdom of God. Nowadays, we just call it the presence of the one. See, and, and home can be that state of consciousness. Wow. I had, I had another puzzle for myself a few years ago. I, after becoming a science of mind minister for, for a few years, I went on sabbatical um, between centers. I, I had finished at one and I wasn't yet sure where I wanted to go next or what was next. So I took a walkabout around the country and I wandered all over this country following my car wherever it took me some days and other days really clear about where I was headed. And, and you know, the interesting thing about that was I felt so at home wherever I went. Absolutely in place, at home, in the moment. I was on the train up in, up, up outside of, um, in, in Colorado, outside of Dahlonega, where the, where, wrong city, but anyway, out, and it was a, it was one of these trains. It's a sightseeing up through the mountains. It was gorgeous, and I, um, I was sitting next to a couple, and the woman started crying as we were we were looking at the beautiful scenery. There was snow on the ground. It was amazing, and uh, about the time that happened, we came to a place where we were going to stop and get off for our picnic. And so we did. We got off to picnic. I was by myself. I wasn't with anyone else except 
I suddenly found myself with them. And in being with them, I asked what was going on. And they shared with me that their grandchild had just passed away. And they were so grieved, but they had this trip planned and they still tried to go ahead and do it. And, you know, I sat with them. I talked with them. I ministered with them, shared love, shared support, shared ideas, and mostly just listened. And I felt so perfectly in my right place and right time. I couldn't have been more at home anywhere else on the planet. And I kept experiencing that all around this trip, wherever I was. And I kept thinking, you know, I feel more at home traveling and out with groups and out doing other things than I do in my own house. Now, what is that about? Of course, at that point, I didn't have a house. My, I was jokingly homeless, although I had plenty of places to be home. And what I now know about that is that felt like home for two or three reasons. One, it was that I was completely focused in the moment. When, when I'm traveling, when I'm in a new place, when I'm with new people, when I'm in a brand new situation, I am not thinking about the past. I'm not dragging any baggage with me particularly. I'm just focused right here and now in the newness, the excitement of what's new and what's coming and what's what the day is going to bring and, and all of that, all of that anticipation and joy. And that feels like home. That feels like safety. That feels like being held close and moved in an easy, beautiful, powerful way. So I gotta wonder, hmm, you know, what is it? that really makes up heaven as home. That consciousness of home, that consciousness of heaven. H.B. Jeffrey wrote a book called The Power of Prayer. And in that, he says a whole lot of wonderful stuff. It's, it's an old book, so the language is a little archaic. And you have to kind of translate some of, like, what he calls the kingdom of heaven, I would call the, 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 the presence and sovereignty of, of the power of the one rather than the kingdom. Um, but what he's talking about at this, in this section of the book, that that presence is always available to us, that oneness, that power, that safety, that love. And he says, people are not always conscious of the kingdom. And they believe it's far off. You know, heaven's, in, heaven's after we die. Heaven and home may be a place that we aren't at yet because we don't feel so good about where we are. We may still be on the return and we haven't found the home within us yet. But here's what he says. You, we need only to empty our minds, although he says their minds, to all that is untrue. In other words, I would say to appearances, to what looks like two powers that work in the world, good and bad and evil, to, the, to all of that stuff that goes on around us, to seeing any truth in it. We should empty our minds to that which is untrue. We shall refuse to criticize, condemn, or censure. Wow. Stop criticizing, condemning, and censuring. 
that's a big order for me. I know right and wrong. I know what people ought to do if they just listen to me. Their lives would be just fine. Doesn't mean I could fix mine, but I sure know what I would do to fix yours. We all know how the fallacy of that. It's just not anything that will work. So, but to tackle those three things as a clearing out process, as a letting go, as a no longer holding these things in consciousness or in mind, is a really powerful thing. And then he goes on to say, and they cast off their thoughts of resentment and bitterness, and all of that will cease. They'll no longer carry a chip on their shoulder. Hmm. And then they'll find out that the divine goodness and bounty is right here at hand and willing to give you and me and us all that it has. All that it has. Willing to give. It's pretty amazing to me that um, it's that whole business of letting go of the fear. Letting, you know, if you think about those things, that criticism, those that censorship, censorship, that one, yeah. It's not, it's all fear-based. It's about living in fear. And that's what keeps home from feeling like a home. It's when we're living in fear. So it's finding ways to let that fear go and to release it. The reading today and, and that from the same book that Maya was talking about in her, in her presentation says that, that what we do is we release our fear. We no longer cherish fear because fear is based on the idea that there is a way for us to be separated from the good that God is moving through us. And that's just not possible. Can't be separate, can't be separated. Don't cherish your fear, it says. Because huh. we neither fear nor hate. We come to understand the unity of all life. And that God is a whole different thing. With joy, I enter into the activities of the day. With regret, I remember the events of yesterday. Without regret, not with regret, without regret. I remember the events of yesterday. And with confidence, I look forward to tomorrow. For today is, my heart is without fear. If you want to find heaven, the consciousness of heaven, the consciousness of home, the life of home, then you've got to find a way to let go of your fear. You got to let go of that belief that you're somehow separated, that you can be harmed or hurt or, or in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting thing. It's a pretty exciting thing. I'm running out of time, so I need to wrap up here. And that is to simply leave you with a quote. And that is it may be true that you can't go home again. But it's not true, because in truth, you never left to start with. The power of home, the power of life is right there with you all the time. You never left. We're like the fish swimming in the ocean, looking for water. We already got it. It's already in us. We find it by releasing those things which are unlike it and simply recognizing and acknowledging it within us. And then it comes forward and comes forth with love, with power, with prosperity, with safety, with support, with all of the goodness that life has for us. 
Because you see, you and I, just because we're alive, deserve it. We deserve all of it. It is, to use an old biblical quote, the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give it to you. And the truth is, it already has. It's already within you. I encourage you to accept it because you are wonderful. So am I. And so it is. Thank you. Now we'll hear from my friend Vance. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to that wonderful talk. And it reminded me of the um, home, the list that we had when we found this house that we're living in now, the um, opportunity and everything on the list. But it had something extra, it had a swimming pool. And John didn't recognize that right at first. So it um, had everything plus. So that was a bonus. And um, so now it's our time for offering and celebration. So if you would with me, uh, say our affirmation of prosperity, which will show up on the screen. Um, and you can click on the QR code and donate, or you can donate online at www.cslmidtown.org donate. So I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Back to Dr. Bob for some announcements. So it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vance is our treasurer. And he is the one who helps make sure the money comes and goes in the right places. <clears throat> As we are approaching the end of the year, I invite you to remember who we are and where we are and the good that we're doing. We would like to expand our work into more classes, more uh, events online and in person. So to do that, support us and let us help us make it happen because we are here for the long haul. Thank you. So I'd like to remind you then of a couple of announcements. One is that on Tuesday, we do have a, a prayer support group. Uh, we call it empowerment, spiritual empowerment, because that's what, what it is. And we are also... Um, doing a visioning this Thursday for those who want to participate in visioning for our center. It will be this Thursday at six o'clock. You can find information about it in your newsletter or online at the uh, website. Also, the link will be the same as the Zoom link we're using right now. So join me, if you will, in our closing, which is uh, an opportunity to absolutely affirm the truth. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding. I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. Thank you very much. You'll see me next week.